0: It's month end, it's also quarter end. We've also got options expiring. That means maybe we should be braced for a little volatility or maybe the opposite. Jem Carson is here to walk us through the situation. Who better to have on days like this? He's a senior managing partner at Kai Volatility Advisors. Jim, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here. What are you looking at today and what should we be ready for here? And you're not allowed to use emojis.
1: <laughs> thanks Oliver, thanks for having me. Um- yeah, no emojis today. Actually, fortuitous timing for this um, interview. Actually, just as we were sitting here, um, one of the biggest trades in index options just went up in the last five minutes. Uh, there's a, a big trade <clears throat> from JP Morgan's Hedge Equity Fund uh, that they put up every end of quarter. <clears throat> and it's um, It's a quarterly put spread caller. So they they buy put spreads, sell uh, calls, uh, premium neutral, Uh, SEP quarterly 34 quarter 4060 put spread versus the 4420 calls just went up 44,600 times. Um, That's SPX size, so 446,000 spider size just to give people a sense that are more uh, used to looking at those things. It's a massive trade for about a month now. It's been having uh, dramatic effects Uh, really last two, three weeks in particular. Uh, it's been it's been leading to uh, incredible compression. a lot of the pinning of the s p that you've been seeing and the rotation around it and other indexes has really been driven by uh, not just this several other trades, but this is a major component of that. And so now that that's come through, um, that kind of represents an important kind of turning point. Um, vol is dramatically Um, Oversupplied in the indexes, like I said, we've been calling for this kind of market pinning and this vol compression we've seen for about a month and have been spot on. We've been calling for that to keep going till July 12th um, at the minimum. Um, We feel like coming July 12th is a time for caution. I know it's a very specific date. Uh, Why July 12th? Uh, Until now, until uh, the 4th of July holiday here, you have a lot of very cheap gamma in front of the holiday. Um, uh, And then the week following that, uh, you get a lot of beginning of month, beginning of quarter flows, which are very, very positive um, with new money allocation coming in A and B. Um, Also, you get into that week before OPEX, which is uh, generally the most bullish due to index kind of VANA and charm flows. I've talked about that on here before, but essentially dealers are short put, long call, and and risk reversals similar because of this trade, uh, among many other trades right, um, where, where the street is hedging, um, and they have to buy back their short stock over time as you go into expiration, particularly that week before OPEX, it really accelerates. So that's a very bullish, supportive time as well, given the vol supply. Be a very challenging time for this market to unpin. Mm. Um, more likely than not, come July 12th, which is that OPEX, beginning of that OPEX week, going into a five-week OPEX cycle. Um, you, you have a lot more, a uh, lot less Avon and Charm support, a lot less other support. Vol is at its nadir. It's the lowest it's been in a year and a half now since the, the Feb, March 2020 um, the debacle. And yep. so we're, we're, really, um, we're really poised for you know, potential energy for, for um, someone pinning when that happens. And again, I'd start to be very cautious to get into the back half of the year. Um, a lot more kind of bearish things coming uh, up the pipe fundamentally that once these kind of vol dynamics that have been pinning us in the summer really start to release could could start to be a, a, more of a concern.
0: Okay. Um, So that second half, I want to get to that second half because that's when things in your analysis turn a little bit more macro. Right now in the short term, not to put you on the spot for like an intraday call, but that's kind of what you do, Jim, uh, online. I mean, now that we got this big trade uh, through on that fund that you mentioned from J.P. Morgan, uh, is the morning kind of uh, downside that we got that quarter quarter? percent uh slip uh at the open i mean does this have real function in the market to provide some buoyancy for the rest of the day
1: it's really um it's really going to compress fall so everybody's always asking me for a direction but sometimes the direction is compression of all right okay. sometimes the direction is is pinning so i think the most likely scenario here uh for today um is is really more of a, this this pinning action that we're seeing um, we're, we're butting up against the two standard deviation of the 20-day, which technically is a kind of resistance level. Um, you know, I do. There is some chase and, and more likeliness to it to, to creep up uh, as these and trade flows continue every day. There's a little bit of buyback that that's added to that. Um, pair that with again, like I said, tomorrow's beginning of month flows as well as kind of some of the end and a quarter um, window dressing. So I, I think it's supported today. Um, I, I wouldn't bet on a big big rally of any kind today. Um, you know, but that said, I, I think ball compression is the name of the game until July 12th, and, and and you know, I would continue to play that. I think I think you know, an important point here is even though you have that support that I'm talking about technically mm-hmm. in terms of these flows, you do have the Fed taper, um, which is essentially the Fed writing calls, right? Um, you know, the Fed is uh, if the economy increases and the market continues to rally coming into the fall, they are going to taper. Um, you know, that's kind of the opposite of a Fed put, Right. Uh, if the market declines, um, you know the Fed put is essentially they're going to provide liquidity. Well, they're going to be removing liquidity away. The more likely we are to rally, so that that fundamentally adds resistance to the markets, adds um, you know less likelihood of upside volatility, mm. um, and uh, you know that that's a counterweight to some of these more technical structural flows that I'm talking about. Um, so I think the market will have, uh, you know, will, will do relatively well continue to tick up till July 12th, um, but I would expect it to be very um, placidly. Uh, you know, if anything, kind of more pinned to slowly up, not, nothing. Okay. Um, but that's an opportunity itself, right? Uh, you know, selling volatility, um, it, even at these low levels, is a profitable endeavor. And particularly, um, you know, they're uh, on the call side.
0: So you think uh, we could go VIX even lower than 14?
1: Not necessarily. I would I would look at more calendar spreads. Okay. So I'd be looking to buy. Um, I think we're hitting a closer to a floor. Um, here in the back. So I would be looking to own, uh, you know, 30 day to 60 day vol and be short um, really this July 12th on forward uh, and collect decay um, and really, uh, you know, benefit from the from the pin realized volatility that we're we're experiencing Mm. uh, less a bet on the implied volatility itself.
0: Okay. So, uh, Jim, looking at this event that we've got also on Friday, as we do have uh, this employment report, we heard an argument yesterday that uh, getting some exposure to a hedge to the downside, given the big move in vix downwards that, that's a position that makes sense uh is that a view that you hold it seems like you would say it's not really worth right now trying to buy downside protection it seems like as you mentioned kind of using volatility to advantage through calendars is a different approach does the employment report on friday have any potential to jostle some of the stickiness of the levels that you're talking about technically
1: um, I think the supply of vol is is so great uh, at this juncture that it's going to be very difficult for the market to move. That said, I'm, I've been very vocal about this for quite some time, distributions and expected distributions of the market are, are very fat tail at this moment. Fragility on the tail. When you're in a situation where there's massive leverage in the system, that what that does is that pins uh, uh, volatility locally. So it's very hard to move. But when you do, there's not enough liquidity in the system to to absorb the amount of leverage on the tail um, that exists. So yeah. we're, we're definitely in a fat tail environment. You want to be long. Uh, convexity and tails skew is very high right now. But uh, you know based on our analysis, it's actually cheap relative to the potential outcomes. Uh, I'd much Rather be short, local vol, uh, you know, at the money, closer in time, and 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 long um, some of this uh, convexity um, in the portfolio.
0: You mentioned skew. Uh, one of the things that's I think interesting there that we're so far above where we were uh, in the COVID period. Actually, we were higher in 2018, coming into a rate-hiking regime. Is is that a coincidence to kind of come back to your second half of your points about the macro side and the Fed switching because uh, of hurdle, the Fed kind of switching from being a Fed put to perhaps a Fed call? Jen, I continue to hear frameworks that were pre-FOMC they haven't changed at all post-FOMC. It's bothering me because it seems like the Fed did give us something a little bit different here. Should it be operating under a little bit of a different framework?
1: Yeah, look, uh, fundamentally, the issues are there, um, not just in terms of what the Fed is doing. That's the key to liquidity long-term. Um, you know, ignoring that would be, would be folly. Um, but um, and, and not to mention positioning. Hedge fund positionings in the 99th percentile. Retail positioning is, is, is similar. Uh, there's so many warning signs out there. Um, and and uh, the problem is structurally, um, people are aware of these. Uh, people are uh, aggressively writing calls uh, because it's incredibly profitable uh, and they are buying buying skews, so people are hedged and i talk about this with my kind of gary reference when people are hedged the dealer positioning has to be respected there are massive feedback loops that um that that drive uh, market effects but you have to okay. kind of pick your points look for the windows to um, for these fundamentals to be able to take over and that's why there that a lot of times there, there's a delay if you look at the covid response i think it's a great example right i mean we knew about covid starting in uh, early just des- you know late december early january um, everybody was talking about it um you know, it just it, it took till till mid Feb um, and, and the end of an expiration cycle really for, for things to take hold and it end exactly ended exactly on the, the last day of, of the March quarterly expiration cycle. These flows are critically important to you know, for, for actions to, to begin and and to kind of unroll some of the pinning and the and and the, and the effects that, that these, these things have.
0: Okay. So your point is, with these major players at work in the market, the most likely outcome is we remain pinned towards these particular strikes. But if there is breakage from that with some of these other macro risks that you're talking about positioning-wise, the move could be fast if we do get away from those areas. Uh, But your macro view is that the odds that we get away from those areas increases later on in the year after the dates you've highlighted for us. Is that a fair uh, summarization of our conversation?
1: That's a great summary (laughs) Oliver. All
0: right. Great (laughs) to have you back. Jim Carson, thanks. Always got to make sure sure we got it. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. Joining us from Kai Volatility Advisors.